Good morning. My name is Kathy Connor, and I'm so glad that we're all here together this morning because this is the place where Jesus invites us to come just as we are, but then he also promises to make all things new, including us. So come as you are this morning, but also ask Jesus to refresh you and make you new. If this is your first time, welcome. We want you to know that we're here to serve you in any way that we can. We're a lot more than a song and a sermon because we're endeavoring to build real relationships with God and with each other and to do life with each other every day. So we ask that you would go to the website and fill out a connect card, which you can access using this QR code. Just scan it. It will take you directly to the card, enabling us to connect with you so that we might serve you, pray for you, help you get connected into a life group, and more. Helping you go deeper in your relationship with Jesus or discovering what it means to have a relationship with Jesus is at the center of everything that we do. We also ask that you share the service on Facebook so that others can worship with us this morning as well. Please pray with me now. Oh, Heavenly Father, it's true. We need refreshment that can only come from you, Lord. Lord, we need to be made new. So we thank you that you invite us to come just as we are. But you love us too much to leave us in that place. You have life that you want to pour into us so that when we're with other people, we have so much more to give. Lord, you are the way, the truth, and the life. Those words couldn't be more profoundly necessary and important for us than right now in our world. We're so grateful that you are the way, the way through everything that we're dealing with us. Lord, you are the life, and you bring life where it's hard, and you're the truth. Everything out there is proclaiming to be the truth, but you are the one reliable truth, the life-giving truth, the kind that gives us a sense of being abundantly filled, overflowing with things we can't give ourselves, peace, nourishment, the things we hunger for relationally with you and with each other, it all comes back to you, Lord. Help us to recognize our full dependence on you and give us a hunger and a thirst for more of it. Lord, there are people that we know and love who need you because they're lonely, because they don't know you, because they're sick or they're grieving. And so we lift them up to you now in the silence of our hearts. We also, Father, pray for Coach Harrison, the Plant High Girls running coach who had a stroke a couple of weeks ago and continues to have some complications, Lord. We ask that you would encourage him and give him life again in every part of his body. We pray for Ashley Moran and her family as they continue to heal from the loss of her father, Dr. Thomas. We pray for Tony Crosby and her family and the loss of her cousin, Nathaniel Clayton, 
to COVID just two days ago. And for Jim Canali, who is at home and healing from pelvic cancer surgery, Lord, we thank you that the surgery was successful. We pray for a great path of healing for him. Lord, as we worship in this hour, help us now to lean into you, to let go of everything that would distract us from you so that we actually hear your voice and allow you to speak life into our souls. Amen. So now I invite you for the next 60 seconds to jump up and say hi to the people around you, meet folks that you're sitting near, and if you're online, greet each other in the chat line.
The Spirit is here. 
Generosity is about so much more than giving. It's about the heart. Jesus said, wherever your treasure is, your heart will be there too. And what he's pointing out is that our money and how we spend it speaks volumes about what we love and where our heart is. I saw this last Thursday morning because on Thursday mornings I get to meet with one of our life groups for young adult women at Buddy Brew Coffee. We call ourselves the Buddy Brew Group because that's where we meet. As we were about to get started, a great fun surprise came our way. Unbeknownst to us, a group of young adult men, a life group that is from this church led by Brooks Cunningham had planned to get a credit card to us somehow so that all of those guys in their group could pay for our coffee on Thursday morning. There were 15 of us, and they bought coffee for every single one of us. But it came with a message that we love you guys, and we want to encourage you to keep going deeper with Jesus and deeper with each other. Look what happens when our hearts are connected to our giving. And so here are five ways that you can do the same. Connect your heart when you give. You will encourage lives. 
Please stand with us.
Let's go, Bucks! Let's go, Bucks! If you're online right now and you're from some of those other cities where they have wannabe football teams, nah! Hey, this is the third time the Bucks have made it to the NFC Championship game. If you're all confused about the playoffs, what's happening today is we're in the semifinal round of the uh, Super Bowl tournament. You with me? We made it and lost in 1979. The Rams beat us. Then we won. I don't remember who we beat in the NFC Championship in 2002. Philadelphia. Thank you. And then today we have those hapless Packers up there in the frozen tundra. Good luck, Packers. You're going to lose. Brady ain't afraid of snow. This has nothing to do with the sermon. When we picked this series, we had no idea the Bucks would be playing today in the middle of the sermon. And this is the third time the Bucks have played in the middle of the sermon. So you'll pardon my brief digression in my attire. But let's keep our minds on what's most important. It's the Bucks. All right, warm myself out, all that yelling. Let me get organized here. We have been having a great time figuring out the following. Every one of us, every one of us has a what's next coming in our life. And the question we've been asking, given what's next, and oftentimes we know what's next, given what's coming, is there something we can do now to be prepared for what's coming then? And we've said in faith that we believe that God will be with us, that God will guide us, God will give us things that we can begin to work on now in order to be ready for then. And just a few things that might be coming. I'll just pick a few just for fun, just to get our minds kind of thinking about it. It could be that you are a senior in high school, and right now you're beginning to wonder which school is going to accept you and where you're going to go. If you are the parent of the senior, I hope you'd already been doing some pre preparation for paying for it. If you didn't prepare, for pre prepare to pay for it back when you should have been, you're going to understand the consequences now, aren't you? That's just being lighthearted. Some people might be thinking about a wedding. Maybe that's next. Maybe not this year, maybe not next, maybe two or three years, but you're thinking about a wedding. What's next? Some folks might be thinking about having a child, maybe the first child, or maybe you're thinking about having another child. There could easily be something that's changing in your work world. You might have something that you know is coming and you, you may or may not be ready for it. It might be a new boss. You might be becoming a new boss. And what can you do now to be ready for that? Some folks might be thinking about, do I have enough? And you could be 35. You could be 65. Do I have enough to be able to not have to work for a paycheck at some point in the future? You might be thinking about that. Oh, by the way, if you are 35, I would suggest you think about it. So who knows? But all of us have stuff that's coming. And the question is, can we be ready for it? Can we prepare now? What would we put in our bag that we use now that's going to help us be ready for what's coming next. And I just want to remind you of something. Knowing what's coming next is not equal to, in fact, has nothing to do with being prepared for what's next. The way you play in Green Bay today is the way you've been practicing all along. We can't just show up at Lambeau 
and having not built the great habits that make you ready to knock their heads off. So that's what we're, we, and, and just another thing about the what's next for us now is an acronym, VUCA, V-U-C-A. What's happening in our world today in the last months has been so difficult. So VUCA, V, volatility, U, uncertainty, C, complexity, A, ambiguity, a lot of syllables, but maybe you can feel it right now. With all the things that we know having been shaken, there is one thing is not a thing that isn't shaken, and we just sang about him. So with all of what's going on in our life, we, we must, and particularly in these days, attach ourselves to be ready for what's next right now today and little everyday steps attach ourselves to Jesus. And so I just remind you of some stuff that was in this bag. No denial, with eyes wide open to faith. And you can see over here, here's the bag. And over on the far side of the bag is an anchor. And what we're trying to say with the anchor is we anchor our lives in a relationship with Jesus. And if we're not anchored, we will drift. So one of the things that's in the bag is an anchor, and that represents us attaching ourselves in an intimate, personal relationship with Jesus. But we never do Jesus alone. We're pack animals. This business about being Jesus followers is a team sport. So anchored to Jesus individually, but also together with others, you'll see here is a, is a hard copy of a Bible, the thing closest to the rail. And what we're saying is we use this book, which is the presence of God. It's God's word. It's God speaking to us. And we use this book personally and individually, but also together. And so what we're saying is right now today, work with the book in your own privacy, but also with others, because it, the Bible is a two things. The Bible is a mirror, and it shows us who we are. But it's also a lens through which we view all reality. And we'll never understand reality if we depend only on our own ability to make sense of it. We have to have God speaking the true reality into us. And the way we get that is from that book. And we do it together. And really bright, committed people will sit with that book. And we won't always come to the same conclusions. But, oh, it's so important that we do it together. So to be ready for what's next, we now have the patterns. If I could call them habits. If I could call them disciplines. Once again, if I could just go to athletics, if we don't think that Tom Brady is disciplined, we're really not paying attention. He's intellectually disciplined about football. He's disciplined about his diet. He's disciplined about stretching. He's disciplined about how he relates to his teammates. High discipline and high achievement. So right now today, in regular, ordinary, everyday ways, staying attached to Jesus, we also use scripture together and individually because it works as both a mirror for us to see ourselves and a way for us to understand all of reality if we don't use God's way of defining reality we're stuck with our own and oh man that's just drifting all over the place that's that's what happens with human beings creating a lens through which to define reality it moves all over the place and a lot of times causes big trouble 
The third thing I wanted you to notice, and maybe you can't see it, but it's a telephone. It's over there on the, it's a kind of a funny color of green. And what that represents is, in this business about what's coming next, there's somebody out there already who's been through what you're about to go through. Call them. You need help. There's a follower of Jesus who's already done it, and they will listen to you carefully and lovingly, and if they can be of help, they will. There is no virtue in needing help and not getting it. It's way better. Just admit it. You need help. It's way better to admit it and get the help. It's better to be ignorant than to be prideful or arrogant. Ignorance is better than arrogance. So we've been saying all of that. That's kind of a review. And it's okay, to, it's okay for you to say, well, I got some of that going and some I don't. Fine. Just one good next best step at a time. Because God is patient and loving. But here's what we want to add into the bag. We want to pray ahead of what's coming. Let's, and we're going to finish today with a phenomenal prayer. We're going to pray it together. It's a short prayer. You're going to love it. So get ready for it. And we're going to build the prayer, sort of, build it out of Proverbs 27, verse 12. So that's what I want to do now. Help you to see Proverbs 27, 12 as a way for us to begin to think how to think about what's next in the now. It's coming then. Let's start working on it now. So here's Proverbs 27, 12. Just a few words, and we're going to have some fun with them. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. I'll read it again. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. So let's just sit down in here for a while and let's have some fun with it. You'll notice there are two different people, or groups of people, they're encountering the same thing. They have two different responses and then again, two different sets of consequences, right? So prudent is a word, I, we, let's call it wise. Let's, let's say that that word means wise. And so a wise person, as you can see inside of this, a wise person can see that life is connected. And there are no such thing as isolated events. There's not any such thing as an isolated relationship. Here's what the wise person, the prudent person can see. That the present eventually becomes the past and that the past has a way of showing up in my future. I'll say that again. The present eventually becomes the past And then looky there what happens. The past has a way of presenting itself, of showing up in my future. And you're nodding your head and you get it. And you can see things in your own life where, oops. Now look at what the simple person does. The simple person doesn't connect the present, the past, and the future. It's all about the right now. Only can see what's happening today. And the simple person says, to now I got and I'll take care of it. But think, think carefully about what the prudent person has done. The prudent person sees the danger, has been connecting all the things from past and sees them coming forward into the future, and this is what they do. Look carefully. Their reaction is to what? Take refuge. Now, there are two signals that come out of that word in Hebrew, and one of them would be a military recon. So you send a scout out ahead of time. The scout sees the trouble, 
and reports back to the boss, the, the chief, the general, whatever, and you take appropriate behavior to get out of the way of a, a force that you can't contend with. That's one kind of tr trigger that comes from the Hebrew word, the way it would get used. And the other one is a little bit more like just a simple traveler. The traveler sees trouble and goes to high ground, sees danger and gets out of the way. That's what a wise person can do. See the trouble ahead of time, take appropriate action, and get out of trouble's way. Avoid harm. Stay away. But the simple person, what does the simple person do? The simple person says, no, I'm in the present. Maybe they see it. Maybe they don't. But whatever, they, this is what the simple person say. Oh, it's going to work out. I'll be careful. I'll be the exception. And so if you don't prepare, that's what the kind of stuff is going to happen to you and you get into big trouble. Let, talking again about preparation versus only knowing. If you know what's coming, you also must prepare for what's coming. Let's use an analogy. Wedding, a marriage. If you are getting married, my guess is a lot of energy is going into planning the wedding. And this is what I would say. In our culture, many, many people are really good at planning weddings. In fact, have you seen ever a really ugly wedding? <laughs> no. But man, have we seen some marriages that didn't have the right preparation. And I'm not fussing at people who've had trouble in marriage. That's not the point here. God bless people who've had trouble. But preparation for marriage is way, way more good, hard, honest, transparent, authentic, vulnerable work right now today than having the ceremony. Ceremonies are great, but relationships go on and on and on. So that, that's, that's the way to kind of understand how preparation works. Let's do little things every single day right now that are fundamentally relational. Transparency, vulnerability, uh, authenticity. Those are the three words I like to use. And then we have real relationships in marriage or in business or with our children or in our families or with our friends or in our neighborhood real relationships and from those kinds of safe environments real life change takes place we've used the word around here transformation we've used the word becoming followers of Jesus disciples so that's how it happens, and it's one little step at a time every single day, and you make those decisions one day at a time in ordinary, everyday life, just doing the right kind of relationship building every single day, preparing now for what's coming later. The person who is simple, there they are. They don't see the danger or they're ignoring danger, and I want to introduce a term to you that I think all of us can learn from. The term is confirmation bias. You with me? confirmation bias and confirmation bias means this I see what I want to see and I hear what I'm listening to hear I'm gonna take my sunglasses out and I'm gonna put them on to sort of illustrate the point because the proverb is su suggesting to us that the wise person takes off the confirmation bi bias sunglasses and looks clearly at the real danger, even if you're desperately wishing you didn't see it coming. I can't see well enough with these on to keep going. <laughs> what lens are we using to see the world around us? I'm going to give you a personal example of how I've worked really hard to take off the confirmation bias. Now, 
for me, this is me personally, and I think I'm a real kind of weirdo nerd about this, but I am a New Testament scholar. Now, I don't mean professional scholar, but I mean it's of all the beauty of me studying and learning since I was 18 years old, I, I fell in love with the New Testament, and I fell in love with the Greek language of the New Testament, and I've been doing this a long time. And when I was in my formal training, I was doing battle every single day and in every paper I wrote with a radical person too totally different with me in every single thing. All his fundamental starting point principles called fancy Latin a priori. All his a priori's were opposite of mine. Everything about what he said, he was brilliant, way smarter than I was. So this is what I did. To take off of my confirmation bias glasses, I read everything I could get my hands on that he had written. And then I tried to make the case for what I would call myself, which was a, I would call myself using fancy terms, a reformed evangelical. Reformed, capital R, evangelical, capital E. You may not know what any of that means, and I'm just telling you about me and one experience I've had where taking off the confirmation bias glasses made me a much better thinker because I sat down in the world of the person whose ideas were so different than mine. And instead of just being mad and screaming, although I did that sometimes at him, and of course he was deceased. Rudolf Bultmann was his name, if you care. I read Rudolf Bultmann's stuff, and I'd get books that my, that my guiding light would write in Bultmann, and he would write back and forth in the forwards and argue with each other. It was fantastic. But what I learned to do is set aside my passion, listen carefully to what I otherwise would never... And I became better for it, stronger. It's so hard in today's world. I don't want to go too far into this, but I'll just use news for you. If you click on CNN, go to Fox. Listen, what's making them tick? If you're always on Fox and you hate CNN, go listen to CNN and see what's making them tick. Because you know I, that's just an example. Probably some of you may do that already. You may read and whatever it is, uh, medicine or theology or politics or public policy pertaining to economics. You may read folks who are writing and thinking in a totally different way than you are. But see, it takes courage and guts to do that. Look at Psalm Proverbs 27. The wise person sees the danger coming and takes appropriate action to stay out of the way. Here's a way of getting it. What is it that you're desperately trying not to see? If you're honest, I, I'm being honest. I'm not, there are things that I'm desperately wishing I didn't have to look at about life, about the world, about what's coming. Desperate. But there they are. And I want to be a wise person who loves people well. I want to be a wise person who sees it coming and does everything I can do to be prepared and to help the people around me that I'm in, I have influence on to be ready and just do all this in a loving Jesus way. I want to love other people the way I've been loved by Jesus, and that's how we do it. It's just that simple. So a simple person sees a danger or, or doesn't see it, but either way ignores it, and here's what they do. They lease it anyway. They buy it anyway. They date him or her anyway. They marry him or her anyway, whatever. And you have friends, and you've told them, don't do it. Don't you see it coming? And they're really smart people, and they just walk right into it. Maybe you've done that, walked right into it. And this is what happens. We get so far down the road and not seeing what we didn't want to see and not hearing what we didn't want to hear that we get past the point of no return, and there's no great option. It's just too complex. Now, this doesn't mean God has bailed on you. Oh, no. 
None of, that, none of that. I'm just talking about regular, ordinary human consequences. And so it takes courage and guts to be wise, submit myself to what I've seen coming, and take appropriate action. Because it's coming. It is really coming. And you, maybe you've had it happen to you. By the time you saw it, it was just too late. It could be relational, it could be academic, it could be professional, it could be pertaining to physical health, it could be family issues, and we simply want to do the wise thing now, even though I desperately don't want to see it or hear it, I'll be open to letting that taken off the confirmation bias glasses and look at it and let God somehow go to work on me. And I wanted to show you this other text it comes from the unbelievable mind of the Apostle Paul. Look at what he says. Just a couple of short words. But we have the mind of Christ. So real slowly through those. You have two choices. You can see the world through the construction that you build for yourself, a reference point you build for yourself, or you can see the world through the eyes of God, which is why we wrestle to understand Scripture both as the mirror and the lens. There's only those two choices. Uh, I understand that maybe some Hindu people think that existence doesn't even, isn't even real. <laughs> but other than that, I see two choices. Either there's a God who's the reference point or we're on our own. Figure it out. And you become the reference point. I become the reference point. So we have God speaking to us through the book. And we do that together and we look through that book and we try to figure things out. And that's how we work. And so Paul is saying to us, we, meaning us together as a family, we have been indwelt by Jesus, and into, into our life comes his way of thinking and seeing and deciding and feeling and understanding and analyzing, making sense of. Jesus, what Paul is saying is, you don't have to try to construct a, a world of ideas to understand everything. What you have to do is listen carefully to me. Jesus is saying, you listen carefully to me. I'll build it. It's already there. I'll teach it to you. We together, it's plural, it's about a family. Yes, you do it individually, but we also do it together. We are indwelt by Jesus, and therefore we can live. We have Jesus' wisdom, Jesus' prudence, Jesus' ability to have the courage and guts to look at these things that are coming next and make decisions now about how to deal with them then. That's what we have going on, and so we can do this. That's what Paul is trying to say. So into the bag goes prayer. And now we're ready to talk about the prayer. Let's have a prayer. You want to have a prayer? Up on the wall it comes right now. I would invite you right now to get your phone out. And I want you to take a picture. We'll post this with a nice image on the background in social media this week. See you this later this week on social media. I promise you. We'll talk. But here's the prayer. You ready? You can say this as a plural, like if you're doing this together you can say this individually. My guess is if you're, if you're like me, you will, you'll be doing both. I'm going to pray it out loud. You can read it off the wall if you'd like or close your eyes as I pray this prayer out loud. If we're going to be wise, if we're going to see what's coming, if we're going to push aside our bias to not see something we don't want to see or not hear something we want to hear, if we're going to have guts to let the mind of Jesus help us see what's coming next and do what we need to do now, this is the prayer we pray. Watch this. Heavenly Father, help us to see trouble coming long before 
it gets here. And then give us the wisdom to know what to do about what we see and give us the courage to do it. I've been praying this prayer. Uh, It's my privilege to be working with a team, but to be the person that we send up here to stand and talk with each other. And I've been praying this prayer since I began to encounter it about 10 days ago, two weeks ago. It's a very real prayer for me. So I got a head start on you. So let's do this now. Let's pray it out loud together. You ready? I will lead with my voice, so I'll phrase it for us. But let's pray this prayer out loud, all of us together, online, in your, in your pajamas, with your children. I want you to pray out loud also. Everybody, let's pray together out loud. Heavenly Father, help us to see trouble coming long before it gets here. And then give us the wisdom to know what to do about what we see and give us the courage to do it. Excellent. Let's pray it again out loud together. You ready? Here we go. Heavenly Father, help us to see trouble coming long before it gets here and then give us the wisdom to know what to do about what we see and give us the courage to do it. Authentic, genuine, real connection individually and together with Jesus Christ. And then pray this prayer and then live that way. And here's what happens. Your life and my life will change. And we will... We, we could say that we're blessed. Now, let me tell you what blessed means, biblically. Blessed means that God is present, and blessed means that God will shape every detail of our lives. It's not about a feeling. And you know what? Your family, your job site, your neighborhood, oh, how much do people around us need to know the presence and the influence of God in our lives. Oh, it's, we're desperate. It's desperate out there. There's so much difficulty, so much hurt. And you know what's beautiful? You're, you and I, we're no better than anybody else. We just got lucky. God took up residence in my mind and gave us the mind of Jesus. And so we get to be people who experience God's presence. We get to be people who experience God shaping everything about who we are. And then we become agents, operatives out there just loving people well because we've been loved. Right there, right in our neighborhoods, right in our homes, right in our businesses. That's what we do. As a way of finishing this morning, I'm simply going to pray this prayer again. If you want to pray it out loud with me, you can do that. I want to be brave, courageous. I want to be a part of a family. I want to live this way. You do too. Let's pray this prayer one last time again together. Heavenly Father, help us to see trouble coming long before it gets here. And then give us the wisdom to know what to do about what we see. And give us the courage to do it. Amen.
friends, we're going to stand and sing, and we're going to leave this place absolutely taken up in residence by the indwelt of, of Jesus the Spirit. Our lens to be prudent. So be blessed and we'll see.